And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Jason Neal, one of the co-owners of PW United. I must warn you that the Yellow Block podcast contains some strong language and adult themes. So be warned and enjoy. Welcome to the Yellow Block, a PW United podcast, back for our fifth season. You didn't really think we'd leave, did you? I'm Tim, and I've taken the armband for the 20... Have I? Well, because that's what the script says. I'm also joined by Jared, who by that would mean that you've been demoted to vice-captain, Jared. I'm just trying to give you a chance of winning host of the season, to be honest. Incidentally, actually, Jared, that reminds me, I've got um, access to the Yellow Block email account, and we had an email the other day saying that our free trial with Twitter bot has expired, um, and did we want to take advantage of a, of an offer? Is that anything to do with you? Or? No, I, I can't comment. No comment now, I thought so, fair enough. We've also got uh, Matthew Kisby. Good evening. We've also got a couple of new sign-ins. Uh, we've got Nathan, who debuted on the uh, green room last week. Hello, Nathan. Hi. All right. Yes, good, thank you. And we've got a massive sign-in, fresh from the radio, Sam Edwards. <laughs> Welcome to the team. I don't know about that, but thanks, guys. Lovely to be here. Packed squad this evening. We won't normally all be on at the same time. We're aiming for about three each week. But with it being the season preview episodes, we all wanted to get on and give our prediction. Um, in the off-season, Jared, what have you been up to? Anything exciting? No, not really, to be honest. Um just work, Tim, really. I haven't had done anything exciting. It's been quite quite boring my end. Kids be hard dread to ask, but um anything exciting? Uh no. I've actually been working fairly hard over the summer, um, which is a novelty. Well, for, for me to work hard at any time of the year is a novelty. Nathan, you need to raise the bar here. What have you been up to during the summer? Uh, working. I know. It's not any better than those two. I really do apologise. But yeah, no, just working. Week in, week out. Apologies. Fair enough. Got to get that dollar. Sam, just make something up at this point. Yeah, I, I'm running for Prime Minister of the UK. Um, been been busy doing that. Didn't get very far. Um, yeah, to be, to be honest, after the season, kind of just took a bit of a, a break from, from Twitter, from football, all of that. And, you know, I think last season drained a lot of us in a lot of ways. But... Um, you know, now we're looking ahead to the new season, really starting to look forward to it. I went away with the family for a bit and um, yeah, just just trying basically not to melt in all the heat. And um, yeah, good to see we've all succeeded on that one. Just about. I've certainly lost half my body weight in fluid, I think, over this, uh, this last week or so. It's certainly been a warm one. On today's episode, then, we are going to be previewing the 2022-23 season. We have our squad, but do Posh have theirs? We're back in League One after you're in the Championship. Will we bounce back? And more importantly, 
as Kisby now found his seat in the London Road Terrace. That's all coming up on the Yellow Block. Sam, Nathan, we gave our thoughts last season on what went wrong. We went into to great lengths. Just to wrap up, really, with with the last campaign, Sam, you touched on um, how it was. It kind of set the wind out of us last campaign. How do you look back on it now that it's finished in a, in a few words? Much the same way as I think we're all living it through last season. Could could see what needed doing. Could see where the errors were, and um, and and yeah, it was just just never really addressed. And I think the alarm bells were ringing from that. It was that week in September, wasn't it? The six-two defeat away at Sheffield United, which in fairness, Sheffield United were very good, and obviously their, their league table at the time was quite low. But they they proved how good they were by getting to the playoffs, and then that defeat on the Tuesday following away at Reading when Posh could, should have been two up at half-time. They weren't. They went on to lose. They conceded goals quickly again. And obviously, Jack Marriott got that injury, which meant they had um, Johnson Clark-Harris, who at the time, as we all knew, wasn't quite up to, to fitness. And um, young Ricky J. Jones was the only two strikers. And I think that mid-September time was the time I think a lot of Posh fans were fearing the worst. And basically, that's how it panned out over the rest of the season. Um, so, yeah, a real shame, real missed opportunity. No one can can argue with that everyone's united in thinking that but a chance to hopefully have a successful season back in league one this year i'm sure you, you probably echo that nathan if you obviously the history books now they tell nothing but a league table and yes we improved towards the end of the season or we didn't if you're matthew kisby but everybody else thinks we improved towards the end of the season do you pretty much echo sam's thoughts there did it was it kind of were we doomed from day one do you think last season I wouldn't say from day one. I just think we just didn't hit the ground running for a start. Um, I think players that were in form in League One just just weren't in form when it came to the Championship. Um, and we just, you know, as, as Sam said, you know, only having sort of two fit strikers, um, or one sort of not fit at, at times, just kind of killed us. Not really having a, a sort of cutting edge at, up front um, for a lot of the, the season. And then, you know, just, just struggling for form, really. And then, you know, every time that we got you know, sort of a positive result early on in the season. We, we didn't really follow it up. Um, I think for, for me, it was the Cardiff game where, you know, you're 2-0 up. You know, you, you think you can just defend that lead. Uh, I think it was for the last 10, 15 minutes. Um, and then I think Mark Beavers went off and, and we just never really recovered from there, unfortunately. Um, so it really was just a season where we, we just never seemed to, to quite get going and get in our stride, which I think for Posh was, was just a, a big, big shame. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the the beauty of football is it doesn't matter what cycle you're in. As soon as that season finishes and you start looking at kit reveals and transfers, suddenly that optimism comes back. It doesn't matter what's happened in the previous season. It seems to reset itself and wipe its slate clean. Yeah. So uh, with that in mind, we'll draw a line under last season and focus on the optimism of the fact that we're going to walk this league, right? Pre-season's done. Here's the result. Slayton Orient nil, posh three. Stevenage one, posh one. Will that be like the, the Evans Classico? I don't know. Kingsland one, posh nil. Posh nil, Luton two. Scunny one, posh one. Posh three, whole nil. That would be, I guess, what the McCann Classico, the Muck Classico. It sounds like some sort of burger, doesn't it? McDonald's. Um, that was a great result uh, and a great performance weekend just gone. Um, 
uh, Jared, did you were you able to catch any of the the friendlies? Any standout out of those results? I'll be honest with you. I've always, apart from this season, I've always watched all the preseason games and got a little bit caught up in them as well. If we lose, I think oh, I get too invested in it. But they are purely for fitness. I think um, you, you see some patterns of play that you've been noticing, maybe. Um, but no, it all starts next week, doesn't it? I'm not, I'm not sure we put enough uh, emphasis on this preseason because we, we look back at last campaign and many, many times we laid the blame at the summer and how poor the preparation was. Um, this point last year, we're all, before we've even kicked off, we're all looking at it thinking we need another striker. We're not quite there. Fitness is way out. Um, so I think this summer was massive. And there was a, there was a time, it was the, just before the Luton game where we had loads of players out ill, it seemed, in the space of a week. And I'm looking at it thinking, this is a rinse and repeat of last season. We've not learned our lesson here. And then Hull comes along and suddenly everything looks a lot rosier. It's funny, isn't it? Even though it's a pre-season, performances like that seem to be able to change anything. Kisby, I'm sure you don't put any emphasis on pre-season friendlies, but do you feel optimistic based on, on these last few weeks? You know what? In my entire life of following Peter United for 137 years, I've seen precisely one preseason friendly. They are no more or no less than a kick around. I think you're right in saying preparation is is key. Nothing is won or lost in the first five, ten games of a season. That's absolutely true. However, if you finish second, one point off the top at the end of the season, and you get a draw in the first game of the season or lose the first game of the season through a little bit of lack of preparedness, you're going to be cursing yourself. Preparation is very, very important. If you, what's the thing? If you don't prepare properly, you prepare to fail or whatever, whatever the cliche is. It, you do, if, right, in League One, we will finish in the top six, right? What, whatever we do, how badly we prepare doesn't matter, right? If we prepare well, though, I think we could finish in the top two quite easily this season in the same way that we were never going to do. It didn't Preparation didn't matter last season. You all go on about preparation as though if we'd have prepared all right, we'd have been all right. Well, that's a load of rubbish. The thing is, in the same way that this season, if we don't do any preparation, we'll still do, we'll still do very, very well. However, having said all that, if we prepare well, hit the ground running, I think we will do very, very well because we've got, in the same way that we didn't have the players last season, we do have the players this season. We know they're proven at this level and they've probably got better since they were at this level. The only caveat to that is I think there will be some other good teams. I think this will be the strongest league one for quite a while. I mean, obviously, you know, that's hypothetical. It might not be, um, but it's got potential to be quite a strong league. But... We are a strong team and we're going to, I think we're going to do very well this season. Well, let's talk players then. I think most posh fans coming into the summer once we've got over the the disappointment of last year was very much a case of if we can keep the core of this team together, we'll be fine. And I think if you said to most fans, what's your shopping list? There wouldn't be a lot, maybe one or two positions, but it was a weird summer for us because it was one where we didn't actually want to do a lot. Um, certainly was my take on it anyway. And that seems to have been the case. We seem to have, have kept the vast majority of this team together. Whether or not we've strengthened the areas that need it, only time will tell. But if we look at those that have come in, and we'll go through it in, in uh, by position to start with. Um, big, big uh, talking points last year, Nathan, was all about the goalkeepers and who was in between the sticks and um, all about signing Bender and fans were offering to take out mortgages so that we could sign him. <laughs> As we sit here now, we've signed two uh, youngsters on loan in Lucas Bergstrom and Harvey Cartwright from Chelsea and Hull, respectively. 
Um, both seem very, very similar players. Um, be interesting to see who McCann sticks with uh, and who McCann starts with next week against Cheltenham. Do you think, as we're sat here now, that we've done enough in that position? Because that was probably the one position that posh fans wanted to spend big on this year. Um, I don't think we're going to know until we kind of get 10 games into the season or not. Um, from what I've seen, I think Bergstrom looks all right. Um, you know, tall, I think obviously... It seems to be a thing that maybe we've noticed that, that we needed a taller keeper, maybe a more commanding keeper in the box. I don't know. that. That's just my sort of guess. Um, but again, like I said, un until we actually get into the season, um, we're not really going to know, are we? I, I think it's it's a case of just, you know, waiting and seeing, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, he's, he's come from Chelsea Bergstrom. So, you know, he's come from a good pedigree. Um, from what I read, he's, he's played a fair few games at, at sort of under 18 and, and a few at under 23 level. So you'd like to think... He's kind of accustomed to more men's football, maybe. Um, then obviously Cartwright, you know, Grant knows him well. So I guess we've got to kind of trust, you know, his judgment in terms of that. Um, you know, Grant does have a, an eye for a player. Um, so again, like I said, it's, it's just going to be a case of, of just seeing where they are. Um, you know, I think it's unfortunate we couldn't get Bender in. But from from what I've read again, it, it just seems like the fees were just a bit too much. And, and Grant has picked two other players that he'd, he'd prefer. So... I guess we just kind of have to, to trust in Grant and, and see where it takes us. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Um, you were obviously, you know, travelling length and breadth of the country last year and goalkeepers were pretty much the, the talking point most weeks. It's, it, it, I, I'll be honest, I was fully expecting a bit of a flagship signing in between the sticks, but it's just not Dara's way, is it? It just doesn't seem to be his area to, to want to invest in. Do, do you feel confident with the two that we've got? And moreover, do you think that it will be Bergstrom that, that's the number one, if you like, out of the two? Yeah, well, I mean, it's very much open, isn't it? If you read what Grant McCann's been saying this week about them and, and the fact he's not scared and, and perfectly happy to chop and change goalkeepers based on who's in the best form. So I, I think at the moment in time, it's very much open. Obviously, there, there are question marks, aren't there, as to whether um, Cartwright will be fit for the first game of the season. So that would that would hand Bergstrom the the start at the weekend. And then that's his chance to, to go and cement that play. So, you know, I think obviously there have been question marks a little bit in pre-season, but willing to give it a bit of time um, and, and see who can can state their claim but it's interesting isn't it because posh have been down both routes before over the past sort of 10 years or so you had the Alejnik and then Anik as as posh players as posh signings and then for a couple of years they went down the loan route with um bond and mcgee and then obviously they went back to chapman when evans was in and he didn't last very long and then they found pym who you know for there were a lot of question marks about him and and some of them were unfair some of them were perfectly legitimate but you know, his clean sheet record with Kent and Beavers in front of him was very good. Um, and then obviously what happened last year happened and it, it exposed Posh a little bit by having Cornell, who couldn't really even get a game at, at, at Ipswich and then coming in. And, and again, I think he did OK. Posh's problems weren't really with Cornell last year. Um, I, I think if you're looking at that signing of Cornell, it was perhaps a money saver as a number two. So you're not spending too much money in the goalkeeper area, which is, I think, what you're saying there, Tim, in terms of the, the priority. Um, and then this year, we've gone back for two lone goalkeepers. So it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic works. Um, it is a shame Posh couldn't get Bender, but there are obviously reasons why. Um, I think one of the keepers is left from Swansea, so he, he might get more of a stake there under Russell Martin. Or um, 
you know, there, there is potential Premier League interest from Wolves and Brighton in Bender as well. And, and you know, Swansea would prefer him to go there for, for financial reasons, for his career reasons, because I think he's on a contract until 2024. So, you know, it would take a fee for Posh to have bought him out at, at Swansea. So um, that was only ever really, I think, a pipe dream for Bender based on how he was performing at the at the back end of last season. But um, yeah, happy to to give Bergstrom and Cartwright a, a go and, and see how they get on. But at the moment, I... I it's like spitting hairs, I think, as to as to who the, the the number one will be throughout the course of the season. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've, I've got to be honest. As, as as I sort of look ahead to the new season, I, I'm still not sold that we've done enough in that position. And, and I, obviously, I'll you know I'll give the guys some time. So it'd be unfair to judge them uh, too much just yet. But I, I really wanted to see a statement of intent from the club, even if it was the only you know fee paying transfer that we made this year and even if it wasn't Bender even if it was just a good goalkeeper that we were paying um that was going to be our own because the, the thing is Kisby it's we've lost so many points over these last couple of years and with the names that Sam's mentioned just there there's not many where you go oh they they were fantastic for us there was a couple but there wasn't really any that you look back up with any great fondness and as we know from last season goalkeepers can absolutely cost you points so does it frustrate you that they're not not putting their hands in their pockets a bit more here? I think traditionally in when I was a, a young man many years ago um we always used to have good keepers and I think in more recent times it's, they've almost been an afterthought, haven't they? Bender was a fantastic keeper. I think everyone really rated him. He was probably too good for us, to be fair. I don't think it's going to be so important in League One. I think if Posh go 1-0 down, 2-0 down, we can still win the game. In the in last season, it, the game was over virtually at 1-0 when we conceded, certainly at 2. The game was over. What frustrates me is it's everything's done on the cheap, isn't it? Wherever we are, whatever league we are, we do things on the cheap. And that's what the posh is because we don't have the financial clout. And as a fan, I, that frustrates me. You know, if I was in charge, if I was running the club, I would understand the fiscal prudence of doing it that way. But it frustrates me as a fan because you think, oh, for God's sake, we've got this fantastic side. One player, one position we've not bothered with. And that could that could cost us, I think. Fair enough. Moving outfield then, into midfield, Jared. couple in here, Hector Kiprianu. I've probably pronounced that wrong. Apologies if I have. And Ben Thompson. I mean, ben Thompson looks pretty tasty. Hector, I would suspect, is probably one for the future. Um, they're not really... They're not really flagship signers, but what's really interesting there, Jared, is I've skipped straight from from goal into the middle of the park because we've got no incomings at the back. Surprise for you? Not necessarily. Um, I think that might change if, all depending on Thompson's fitness. I don't think that we need many additions anywhere, to be honest. Um, other than what we've already spoken about with with the goalkeeping position, I think that again, it's hard to tell. Two young loan signings is a, is bizarre. I think, but it's not quite as important as it would be if we was in the championship, as we've as we've already said. So, no, I think signings wise, yeah, Thompson, I think he he'll be a solid player. I think Kipriani, like you said, is going to be maybe one uh, for the future a little bit. But yeah, I'm I'm not at all disheartened with the with the transfer window. I'm glad we've kept um, some of the players that we have kept. Um, so no, I think uh, you know a few squad players. It seems to seems to be what we've uh, what we've we brought into the building, then I'm, I'm more than happy with that so far. Fair enough. I agree with that. The only person we've made is David Ajiboyo up front from Sutton. 
If we focus on the outgoings, there's a few more here. So we know that Dai Cornell went to Preston. Uh, Chong's gone off to Telford. Beavers has gone to Australia. He's over in Perth Glory. Can't really blame him. Lovely weather over there. Interesting one with uh, George Grant going up to Hearts. We'll come back to that one. Christy Pym has gone on loan to Mansfield. Kyle Barker and Sir Hat have both been released. Um, two big ones there, I guess, Nathan. Beavers, we suspected, was going. He's gone off to Australia and we thank him for his service. George Grant, though, up in Hearts. Never really happened for him. In Cambridgeshire, no, he, he, uh, it's an unfortunate one because obviously you can see his his quality and and obviously his numbers at Lincoln was was ridiculous really for for that level. Um, but I guess he he was one of those players that just didn't find form last year and and maybe you know he, there wasn't really a position for him that quite suited him. I mean, I think he was more of a number ten than maybe a, a central midfielder, um, and it seemed maybe he played there a bit too much um, rather than playing sort of further forward. Um, and, you know, I think when Grant came in, he, he just couldn't seem to get in the team. Um, I think he started at the, in the Man City game as well. I think he was he played well then. Um, but obviously, you know, Jack Taylor and, and Fuchs, uh, I think, complement each other really, really well. I think, you know, you've got the, the dynamism and, and the creativity of, of Taylor, you know, with the, the goal-scoring ability he's got as well, which I think we need to see more of. And then Fuchs just, you know, seems to be an all-action, you know, Kante-style player. So I, I don't really think... Grant was needed as, as much as maybe he was last year. Um, and then, as you say, with with Kiprianu and uh, with Thompson coming in, I think that's four really good central midfielders that we've got. And then, obviously, we've got Ollie Norman to come back, um, you know, kind of dependent on, on, you know, what happens with him maybe in January, I think, would be more likely. But, um, yeah, I, I don't really think Grant was kind of needed. And, and, obviously, you've got Sammy as well, who can play that number 10 role. Um, so, I think Grant was just, you know, one of those players that, you know, I, I think we wanted to work and, and you know, maybe right player, wrong time. Um, and obviously, I think he's got a great move up to Hearts. You know, he's going to be playing SPL football. Um, and, you know, you've got to wish him well, really. You know, he's, he's a very, very good player and it, it just didn't quite work out for us. There's a couple more that we suspect might go. I know Ryan Broom is still um, is still potentially out the door and, and there's a couple of other names that have been floated around. But it seems as though that core of the team is staying. Any of those, Jared, that are a surprise for you in terms of outgoings? I just wanted to touch on what Nathan said there with obviously um, Grant going up to Scotland. Do you not think that could be an issue if if Blackburn end up up in their bids and end up getting Smoddix? Because surely he'd be he'd be like for like, wouldn't he? But obviously he's already gone. So it'd be interesting to see what would happen if, if Smoddix does leave the building. I think with that one, you you might end up having Thompson in there and then maybe Taylor goes forward a bit more. I don't know. Um, kind of very dependent, I guess. And and if you play 4-3-3, you probably don't need a 10. Um, but yeah, it, it depends on formation. I think we're quite fluid with, with the front three and, and the midfield that we've got. So I how guess, like, yeah, it, how, it's just... How likely is it as Smodix goes, though? Because I'm basing it on the fact that he was shit last season. Like, ma- massively so. Um, and I... <laughs> I, I love him as a player in League One. I thought he was brilliant, and he wasn't very good last season. I didn't think at all. Um, if I had watched him last season, I wouldn't be desperate to sign him. And yet, I I'm very excited for how well he'll play this season because I think he will be brilliant this season in the same way that he wasn't so good last season. I th- I think Smodix is just such a confidence player. And I think that's why you saw the best of him in League One when, as a team, Posh were doing well. And again, last season, he was a victim of the team not playing well. And and I think his form picked up in line with Posh's form. I think 
he is just such a confidence player. He, you know, we all saw what he did at Ipswich away the season of, of lockdown and how much he loves and thrives on that atmosphere. Um, and again, I think he's just a victim, really, of, of what happens with the team. Just wasn't used much. And then Grant came in and uh, that's Grant McCann, not George Grant. And, a, a, you know, a fresh injection of, of, of energy and a fresh outlook. And, and you know, you've, you've spoke to, spoken about George Grant there again, you know, Posh just didn't hit the ground running, as we said. I think he played at the base of the midfield, didn't he, with Josh Knight on the first day at Kenilworth Road. And it was clear that wasn't going to work. And you have to remember that George Grant was Posh's second signing. So, they, you know, he was clearly a key target for them. And whether that was because they thought Dembele might move on earlier than he did, I'm, I'm not sure. But, you know, for him to be the second signing, I think the first was David Cornell. Um, so Posh were keen to get that backup goalkeeper and George Grant in very early on. Um, and, uh, you know, Grant, Schmodix, both of them, it just didn't work because their roles are creative roles and Posh just weren't creative. There wasn't really an outlet to play to either up top um, for a lot of the season. So, yeah, I think... I'd agree, I think... I'd agree to a certain extent with what you say about Schmodix. He is a confidence player. I think most players are confidence players. And you're right, Schmodix is more than most, I would argue. But at times, he just lacked that little bit of finesse for me, that, that all-round package. Like, Oh, yeah. His he, first he, touch. He, his he first touch. a bomb door sometimes. He really couldn't. And that fr- used to frustrate me. And I think, hang on a minute, championship quality, can't hit a barn door. You know, something doesn't quite add up. But I think perhaps he's a player that will will continue to get better. And I, I think he's certainly got 90% of the game. But he, he does need, still need to work on that final 10%, I think, to be that all-round high quality championship player and and you're right in saying he's very much a confidence player and I think he will have a lot of confidence in this team because I think this team should do well it should do well it's not guaranteed because you've got to put the effort in haven't you but it, it, it has the capability to do well in in league one in the same way that that we we were never get, that team was never going to stand the championship it just wasn't and we saw that all the way through the season what surprised me last season was how good we were actually and how almost competitive we were a lot of the time but we we never really matched it i don't think with many with many if any teams in in the championship but the difference is we can match it with these teams doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do well because you've got to put the effort in haven't you but we have the capability this season and i think we didn't we haven't signed many because we didn't need to all we need to do was keep that team together trim it down a little bit which is what we've done um for me the only slight question mark is is over the keeper but then I think most if not all people would say that about us at the moment. I think the criticism of Posh last season from from a lot of people was that they built a really really good top draw league one side playing in the championship and therefore that absolutely backs up what we're saying not much was was needed in the summer you know I think Posh have had a a great summer um, so to speak and I think if they do sell Smodics then I think Posh would, would use the money wisely. I think that, that would be a good fee if the reported fee is is right for Schmodix to, to go to the Championship, to go to Blackburn. Um, and, you know, speaking about the formations Posh play, if they do play a number 10, of course, Harrison Burrows is always talked about playing in that role as well. Um, and if they've got Ajaboy and um, and Poku as, as wide men, Randall can also play in a number 10. And, and boy, we hope he has a, a better season and is more involved. And obviously he's had a great pre-season. So... Posh wouldn't be worried about selling and, and being short at number 10, for sure. I think Burrow should be good again in League One, shouldn't he? Because he was sort of pretty good last time he was in League One. So he's only got better since, I think. So again, he will suddenly look a, a right player again, rather than someone a little bit out of his depth, I think. 
just to go back to, to Kisby's point, I think half of that side definitely was was championship quality going into it. I mean, you know, if you look at at like least Ken Thompson, JCH, I'd say Marriott, um, Taylor, I'd say at least them, you know, five or six, and Dembele as well. I, I would say they were championship quality. I just don't Dembele think they showed it week in, week out, which was ultimately the downfall, really. Um, but I wouldn't say that they were by any means not championship quality for me. I think by the end of the season, they were knocking on the door of being championship quality players, I think. JCH was awful at the start, right, for all sorts of reasons. By the end, I thought he was very good, if not very, very good, almost player of the season. And I think partly because he was really pissed off that he got so much stick off fans at the start of the season. For quite a lot of the season, they were saying what a complete disaster he was. And I thought that was slightly unfair, to be honest, even at the time. And by the end of it, you could see it was almost the pride of him was coming through, that he wanted to to show the fans that he was a good player. And I think he was, and this is the highest praise I can really give, is almost a championship quality player. Marriott, I thought, was very good as well. But of course, he had he had these injuries. Um, apart from those two, none of the rest of them stood out for me as championship quality players i think they were good league one they were good they weren't championship players because because we we got relegated if they Absolutely. were championship quality players we would not have got relegated and you have to factor in the fact it's that not as straightforward as that is it no well yes it is that's the whole point isn't it it is as straightforward as that <laughs> because that's how football works jared you, if you're shit you get relegated if you're good you go up and and the thing was about it two of those teams were down before we even started and when you but, factor that in, you see what a mountain it is for a team like Posh to climb. And we could not climb it. And it annoys me when people say, well, yeah, well, we had championship quality players. Well, why didn't we stay up then? Boys, let's just can let's cancel the podcast because that is the analysis we need. There is no, we don't need to talk about football anymore. If you're shit, you go down. If you're good, you go up. Let's turn the light out and go home. No more analysis needed. We're done. <laughs> It's like what I say about a good strike. If you hit it hard enough towards the goal, you'll go. It's, it's very much a Kisbyism, that is. Um, we've talked a little bit about JCH there, Jared. There's been some championship clubs sniffing around him. And, of course, this summer we've made him club captain. Uh, do you think that was uh, a uh, an attempt to keep him at the club? Yeah, I think I think it's a genius stroke. I think he's, he's a brilliant player. Um, and, again... He is a championship quality player. He's shown that at the back end of last season. Again, like Sam said, maybe a confidence player as well. Wasn't fit at the start of the season. If he if he had been along with Marriott, I don't think we'd be in this division. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a good idea. I think he'll thrive on the responsibility as well. Um, he, I think he's been a bit of a late bloomer, uh, Clark Harris, in, when it comes to maybe maturity and you know as a developing as a, as a man. Um, but he seems to be there now, and I think he'll have his best season yet. I just I want to see him and Marriott in the same eleven, but with a four-three-three, we're probably going to see Marriott benched. It's interesting, isn't it? There's almost like too many jigsaw pieces to, uh, to to fit the puzzle now. I know you and I both thought that JTH would be gone this summer, so it's it's massive the fact that he's he's stayed. With the um, the ins and the outs that we've got, then just a yes or a no. If this is the squad that we've got between now and next Saturday, Matthew Kisby, are you happy with the summer? Just a yes or a no. Yes. Nathan. Sorry. Absolutely yes. Sam. Yes. And Jared. Yes. 
five yeses. Congratulations. You're through to the next round, Darren McCantony and co. That's a fantastic summer. And to be fair, Jared, I don't think that's been the case for, uh, certainly in all the time I've been on the pod, I don't think we've ever had a summer where we've gone, yeah, we've nailed that. We, we've hit that bang on. No, well, certainly this time last season, your uh, you're take on it was a little bit different. Are you a fan of the Yellow Block? Do you want to hear episodes before the general public? Then get yourself a membership into the Yellow Block Club for just £2.49 per month. You can hear all episodes earlier, get access to behind-the-scenes content and access to our archive, which has got all the old episodes that we don't um, have online anymore. All this while supporting your favourite posh podcast to keep producing great content. Citation is probably needed there throughout the 2022-23 season. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash the yellow block and sign up today. And one disclaimer here, the money that we earn from Patreon does not go towards Jared's Just Eat account, um, despite some rumours that I've seen on Twitter. Do I need some respect (laughs) respect on my name, please? Let me get the four trophies out, Timothy. What a ridiculous (laughs) thing. Outrageous. (laughs) I bet you have bought some trophies. I bet Chloe's bought you some medals, isn't she, that you can put on your wall. Next week, my backdrop will just be like a, yeah, just full of trophies. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Looking forward then. So, season predictions time. This is the big one. Two relegated teams obviously came down with us. Barnsley and the no longer Wayne Rooney's derby. Um, I think most of us would consider that they're two of the main players. But there is a lot in this league. I would say it could be one of probably 10 or 12 that could easily make moves for those top two spots. There's no doubt that we're in that mix. But I'm thinking the likes of uh, Wednesday, Ipswich, Portsmouth. I think Bolton are going to do something this year. Um, anybody else, Nathan, that, that you would throw into that that mixing pot? Um, MK Dons, I'd say. They seem to have had a really good summer. Signed a lot of uh, Irish players from what I've seen. Um, I'd say Forest Green. Um, I think they're going to be a good side. Um, a lot of people I know have, have fancied them to do well. Um, so I'd probably say those two. But, you know, as you said, it, it's going to be much of a mixture. I think it's going to be so many sides that, that are going to be really, really good. Um, and I know Kisby mentioned earlier that this could potentially be one of the most sort of difficult and most competitive League One seasons we've seen. Um, but it, it always seems like posher in, in League One with, with some big, big sides. And, and this season seems to be no different. 
Yeah, that is ve- that's very much the case, isn't it, Sam? Uh, there's one team in particular that I wanted to talk about, and I know it's one that the as soon as the fixtures were released, well, let's be honest, in this league, there's a few teams where fixtures being released are big for us, but there's one in particular, it's kind of the revenge tour, um, a certain Wickham Wanderers uh, down in Buckinghamshire. Now, they didn't make it up last season. Is their day in the sun over, or do you think they are going to make some moves this year, potentially at our expense? Oh, hopefully not that, but um, yeah, I, I think you have to count them in the pack, don't you? It's, you know, I think they were obviously went up in in, in very controversial circumstances. Um, and then to be fair to them, after a shocking start in the championship, gave it a, a really good go, um, I think from the February onwards and, and very nearly survived on the last day of the season. So I think any sort of jokes at, at their expense, even though they did go down, um and some would say that was vindication, they they nearly didn't. They gave it a good go. And then, you know, probably people have been asking this question of Wickham for the last few years. Again, last season, would they be there or thereabouts? And, you know, they had another good season. Um, so I think, yeah, I think, I think you've got to factor them being up there. And, you know, just hearing the names that you list off, I mean, I know there's been a number of big names in League One for a long time now, but, um, you know, I think some are more credible than others, aren't they, based on their name versus how likely they are actually to, to do well. But it is it is looking very strong indeed. I think Sheffield Wednesday are being predicted by a lot of people to do very well. And they've, they've had a good summer as well with their transfers. You look at the kind of people they've brought in, really good experience and pedigree of winning promotion from League One. Um, you know, in, in Smith and Heckway from Rotherham, uh, Volks from, from Cardiff as well. So they, they've, they've, they've got a good core. They've gone for the older end of player, more experienced as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it, you know, it, we, we're a few days out from the start of the season and, and it all starts to look tasty and exciting again. So, yeah, can't wait for Saturday and the ball to get rolling. Jared, if we quickly touch on Rams uh, for a brief moment and not relate to that core case that you had to attend, but um, the uh, Derby that have come down with us, Derby that have got you know no money and have, have been mismanaged for, for, for years, seem to have um, entered a couple of cheat codes and have made some moves this summer. Do you think Derby will um, be top two? I was going to say, I think uh, ourselves and Derby would be my tip at this stage, um, which I thought Derby would probably drop again after seeing the uncertainty last season. I think I had like six players on the books at one point. Uh, but no, like you say, they've made some really good signings. A lot of um, experienced uh, championship players, League One players. So I know I think they'll, they'll do really well. Who's their manager now? I think it was Rooney's number two, whose name's completely escaped me. Um, but the, the ex-player... Rosinia, Rosinia. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, obviously he's he's been there. He's in a lot of their media commitments as well, and he when when Rooney was there as well. So I think he'll uh, he'll do well. I think Derby. Yeah, I, I can see them top six certainly, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me with their support as well. They'll be going for top two. What was interesting there, Jared? Um, it was interesting you were asking who the Derby manager is, and our Forest obsessed producer within the blink of an eye was straight in the chat to tell us the Derby County manager such as his weird obsession with this that's what I mean they've just got promoted team. to the Premier League and he, he knows more about Derby than he does his own team it's weird it's very it? strange Kisby I don't want you to tell me where you think we're going to finish but I'm going to give you the bookies odds for the top six right so at the moment yeah. Sheffield Wednesday are favourites for promotion followed by Ipswich then Posh mm-hmm. then Derby then MK Dons 
and then Barnsley. Do you think there's anybody else outside of those six that will make uh, make any serious there's moves? Usually there, there's one or two teams that, that will play better than what you think they're going to be. You know, you can never predict what they're going to be. I think one of the things we've got going, I think I do think it's going to be strong. Teams like Derby in League One are going to be strong. I mean, what do they get crowd-wise every week? I should imagine they get... 30,000? Yeah, that in itself... I'm sure Danny will post the exact figure in a minute. (laughs) That in itself is worth a few points. When Posh go and play Derby, it'll be... We'll be the underdogs, won't we? Because we're going to this bigger club. So irrespective of how good Derby is, how good Posh is, we'll be seen as the underdogs in that game because it's it's a big game for us sort of thing. Um, Sunderland, when they're in League One, and I know this because my mate works at at the ground, and he said that the, the backroom staff were so arrogant... They, when they came down to Posh, they saw Posh as a as a, a lowly entity that, that they could not lose to. So they would rather draw, apparently, against us than lose because they saw themselves as so much bigger than Peter United, even though we've done much better than Sunderland in the last few years. So I think we're it's a psychological thing sometimes sport isn't it and i think some of these teams have that edge because psychologically they're seen as big fish in this league and i think it will be i think it will be a war of attrition i don't think there'll be one standout team in it kisby i can't kisby i can't let that go (laughs) they would rather draw against us than lose i mean i'm pretty confident every team that we ever play would say the same right Listen, shut up. Right. Apparently, right, the Sunderland backroom star said this that that if if they thought they would the point I'm trying to make is they wouldn't go for a win if they thought they would lose. It does that make sense? If they were drawing nil-nil, they wouldn't go for it, they would just pack the defense up. I sometimes wonder what oh my God. I just honestly, you know, you know on Instagram you get those. Have a listen, right? Because <laughs> the point I'm trying to say is because they thought they were a bigger club than us, even though necessarily they weren't at the time. That's the point. You, you know, on Instagram, well, any social media, you get those like amazing quotes with a lovely backdrop of like a waterfall or something really inspirational. We need to, there's been a few in the show tonight that you've said, um, where we need to get those those clips up onto some inspirational quote. And you know, we could perhaps write a book of, of Kisby quotes, mm. it would be, um. Danny, yeah, that needs to be <laughs> Danny, that needs to your job. Don't worry no. about editing the podcast. Just make sure we get them quote memes put up. Absolutely. Okay. This is it, so boys. It's time. I, I, I got we, get it, we get it. We get it. We get it. We don't, but we do. Time to nail your balls to the mast, as it were. Now, are we going to do a chumba wumba? I.e., we get knocked down, but we get back up again, etc., etc. I want you to tell me where you think Peterborough United are going to finish in League One this season. Sam Edwards, you're up first, please. Fourth. Interesting. Nathan, you pulled up. Ooh, face there. My heart says first. My head says second, if I'm honest. Okay, still top two. Okay, Kisby. Yeah, I, I just we never seem to win it, so I'm, I'm gonna sort of go second. I think it's fair, Kisby. I think you need a lot of luck to win it, especially this season. Um, I'd like to think we would finish second, third, possibly. Um, I'll go for third. Jared? I think second. 
Interesting. Now, you know me, I'm always the pessimist. I'm always a glass half empty. So in this situation, I'd normally be, well, I'd be mid-table. We genuinely have got every opportunity at the top two uh, finish. I, I agree, if I'm more, if I'm honest, I'm more inclined to agree with Sam. I think playoffs is more realistic at the moment, just looking at the moves that other teams around us have made. But two, top two is absolutely within reach. If I'm to go for a position... I don't really want to copy Sam, so I'll go fifth. There we go. I'll sit just below. That's my slightly pessimistic view, but still within the playoffs. Um, I guess the question is, would we be happy with playoffs with this squad? I'd argue... I think we should be aiming for top two without it. I know that we are. I don't want to do a Kisby say the fucking obvious, but um, yeah, playoffs you're always happy with. But no, for me, um, let's go for top two. Yeah, I think I'm just like you, Tim. I'm just going on on a sort of a lower level of what I think is possible. I think if you compare this squad to the last squad of two years ago when Posh finished second, um, then yeah, you've got to you've got to hope for automatic promotion. It's 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 as strong, really, isn't it? A, a lot of them are the same. Um, okay, you've not got Beavers, but you've got Edwards in good form. Um, obviously, Fuchs has come in. Thompson's a good solid player at this level, so. You know, I, I've not watched it this season, but the famous Love Island quote on paper, um, on on paper, we, we we have every chance of being top two, and yeah, love that to be the case. But um, I'm just saying, fourth by myself, a bit of emotional wiggle room. You agree with that, Nathan? Yeah, I, I, all I was going to say was that <clears throat> you know any team that gets relegated should really be hoping to come straight back up, um, and yeah. I think anything less, you know, you've got to see as as you know a negative. Um, especially when you kept the majority of that squad together as well. Yeah, exactly the same point. And especially if you keep Ronnie, I think, you know, if, if we were to lose Ronnie, we would have to go out and try and find centre-back just as good equally, equally or if not better. Yeah. Um, but besides that, you know, the, the squad that we've got is, is you know, a squad that should go straight back up. You know, it's, it's already proven to be League One quality. It's proven that it can do, you know, can win games at championship level as well. So, you know, Ultimately, we, we have to be, be pushing to go back up. And I think anything less is, is you know, a disappointment. I think the thing is, can Posh replicate what they did when they last went up? And the 30-plus goals of Clark Harris, the dozen or so of Dembele and Schmodix. And I think Dembele got a good chunk of assists as well. And, and do we have, you know, Poku on Saturday looked brilliant. So, you know, can he fill those shoes that Dembele left behind? Because... Obviously, Dembele was a huge reason reason that Posh went up a couple of years ago. So they just need to find that 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 creativity, and then yeah, they'll be they'll be firing the season if they can do that. Beautiful segue that was Sam, because I was just about to mention Poku because there's a couple of players we know. Randall's back; he's looked good preseason. Looks like his head's back in the game. Poku looks like he is going to make some moves. We've already talked there, um, Nathan. You talked about Fuchs, and we know the ability that he's got. Wherever you look across that that squad at the moment, it's hard to see, any, with the exception potentially of in between the sticks, which is an unknown. There's there's quality in particular as well. If we we keep Ronnie Edwards, um, is there anybody Kisby that you think is going to be a surprise? So I guess I'm looking for sort of a player of the season type candidate here. Um, I don't know. It's a hard one because, like you say, for for a change, we seem to have quality and depth. Me, I think it's a better team in a better league this season. So I think, well, potentially a better league. And I think, um, I think the team, I, I think the team that, that finished second was, was a good solid team in a, 
very poor league. And I think we've got a better team in a stronger league this, this season. And because most of them are sort of know, a known quantity to us, it's hard to see anyone apart from the new ones coming in really standing out, I think. But I think the ones that we've got, I, I'm hoping for, a, a, I'll tell you what I am hoping for, a, a injury-free season. Because I think this team, if it's injury-free all the way through the season, will be phenomenally good. I think we will score, Marriott, I think, will score hatfuls of goals if he's given the opportunity to. Because he was probably, even though I said no one looked championship quality, I think when he, at the end of the season, he was the one actually looking championship quality. And again, put a championship quality player in League One and he'll do well in whatever position he's in. Um, as to who's going to stand out, I don't know enough about the new ones coming in to really comment on that. Jared, who are you most looking forward to seeing this season? Randall. I know he's not a new signing, but like Sam said, he he had a terrible season last season for matters that, whether it's fitness or personal reasons, so moving into the area was difficult for him. Um, in pre-season, what I have seen of him, he looks a really, really tidy player. And if he can, if he starts, then maybe he could be um, like a new signing completely. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what Randall can do. Is it all on Poku for you, Nathan? Is there anyone else that's caught your eye? Um, I think Adjiboji looks interesting. I think especially when we're playing on the transition, maybe we're playing, you know, a stronger side, you know, Derby, for instance, a side like that where, you know, we're going to try and win the ball back and, and break quickly. I think he could be a really good player for that. He, he seems rapid, um, seems to got, you know, a, a bit of an end product on him as well, kind of a Dembele-esque player. Um, so I think he's going to be really, really good. As you say, Poku, I think, from from what we saw the other night, if he can can keep that kind of form, then you know he's he's going to blow League One defenses you know out of the water. Um, again, you know Randall as well. Um, I, th I think we're going to see a proper player in Randall this year. Um, I think he's he's had a good preseason from what I can see. That's that's going to be really really key. Um, but I think one that maybe will go slightly under the radar, I think, might be Harrison again. I think, as we mentioned, he, he's had a good good season at, at Championship level. We had a good season at League One the year before that. I think you know he should be aiming to get a lot more goals and, and a lot more assists, especially with that you know those left-footed deliveries he puts in. Um, he seems to sort of have a, a kind of telepathic um, kind of connection with with JCH. Um, so I think he he will be a really really key player. Whether he's playing left back, left wing, centre midfield, you know attacking midfield, um, I think he could be be really really good. And I definitely think he's one of the best youth products we've had. Um, it's going to be exciting to to see how he does. So for me, I, th I think he could be a bit of a a sort of um, surprise kind of talent. Uh, thinking back to the last time that we were in this uh, league, Sam, you mentioned about the, you, you feel as though perhaps this is a better squad than maybe we had last time round. Weird old dynamic last time round, because of course we played the, pretty much the entire season behind closed doors. Um, Johnson only played one game that season in front of a, a crowd of sorts at London Road. G and obviously he went on to have an amazing season for us, but there's a couple of differences this time. One, we've got, fans back and we saw last season that if the fans aren't necessarily on his side of the field things could be slightly more challenging but he's also got a strike partner in in Jack Marriott now which he didn't have the last time round it's hard not to be excited about the attacking power that Posh have got and I know we say this every year as a Posh fan but if you're lining up against those attackers where do you start do you think he will will flourish? Yeah, I know. Yeah, League One, it's it was it's crazy, isn't it? It feels so long ago that the, the fans went in, and he got that hat trick in the in the game where fans were allowed back in. So at League One, in front of home fans, he's got a pretty good scoring record. But 
um, yeah, I think all signs point towards him having a, a storming season again. You know, I think if we take the the Clark Harris with the armband from the back end of last season, um, add that on to the Clark Harris of 33 goals we got from the season before. Um, and I think it's probably quite frightening for other clubs and um, quite heartening for posh fans what, what you know, the new captain could do this season with Marriott chipping in as well. Smodics, if he stays, we know can score at this level. Um and, and goals from elsewhere, then 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 Posh, you know, hopefully will have a very, very good season in front of goal. But Clark Harris in particular, um, you know, last season, what happened in pre-season, I think it was just the 45 minutes he got and 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 you could tell on the opening day at Luton and then Darren Ferguson came out and said, oh, he's, he's never been fitter or he's in, in the shape of his life, which was a very, very odd statement at the time. And obviously it w- w- was clear that it wasn't the case. And, um, you know, quite what happened there. It's it, it was really a, a you know a, a huge misstep from Posh in a in a you know that set up this the season that then went forward. But this season he's he's been involved. He's fit. He's got the armband. He's he's going in off a you know a decent season really in terms of goal scored for a relegated club in the Championship last year. Um, so yeah, really excited to see Clark Harris back at League One level with Posh. So, um, yeah, hoping for another 30-plus, no pressure. I I think we've got the strongest, most clinical strike force that we've had for a long, long, long time. I'll go as far as saying that. I think if they keep themselves fit, because obviously you could both get injured first game of the season, but if they keep themselves fit and they're quite, certainly JCH is quite you know quite a strong character isn't he i think we, we we will not worry about scoring goals next season i think we will score a lot of goals and i'm very much looking forward to an exciting season next season and i think we'll do very 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 well and on that Here's note one. i'm gonna off. fair enough well that's kisby's pre-season um over and done he's got to escape thank you very much kisby we'll, we'll see you uh, next time um, here's one, carrying on with that, here's one for you then, Nathan. So a fit and on fire, JCH and Jack Marriott, or a fit and on fire, Craig McHale, Smith and Aaron McLean? Oh, um, I guess JCH and Marriott are more different than McHale, Smith and McLean. I think McLean and McHale Smith were quite similar players, um, where they just, you know, harried defences were so, so clinical, whereas I think JCH is, is far more of a hold-up man far more of a target man um, than, than those two. I guess it goes down to personal preference, really. Um, I probably air towards Mikael Smith and McLean, just from, from that was kind of my childhood, <laughs> if I'm honest. They were just ridiculous pairing. Um, and, you know, the, the number of goals they got together um, was, was ridiculous. I suppose also we've not really seen JCH and Marriott together enough as a partnership. So that would be the other kind of point to make. Um, so yeah, I'd probably have to go Mikhail Smith and, and McLean just because I don't know quite how Mikhail, uh, how um, JCH, sorry, and, and Marriott would would work as a pairing. Um, and I think football's come a long, long way since then from from having two up top. I think it's far far more fluid and, and you know more of a three man up front or you know a, a holding man and and sort of two wingers. So yeah, it's it's very difficult to compare. I'd say. Um, but yeah, I'd say Macav Smith and McLean, just. was a really t- really tough question. I'm glad I didn't have to answer that one. Um, just wrapping up with strikers, <laughs> though, Jared. Obviously, we've got um, Adiboyo in, um, as well as, of course, Ricky J. Jones. So we've now got four 
striking options. Plus, you look at the likes of Sammy Smodix and stuff, they, they, you know, you can always call him if you need to as well. But one player I wanted to chat to you about was Marriott. I know you were right from last summer as his you know, biggest fan, particularly on, on this pod. Fitness seemed to maintain that fitness towards the back end of the season. We know that's going to be important again this season. But what's this season hold for Marriott, do you think, if he keeps himself fit? Goals, goals, goals. If he keeps himself fit, I can't see anything other other than a shed load of goals. He's he's he again a championship player all day long for me. He would have been um, still in the championship, I think. Derby, he started off really well there, but they carried on playing him on the wing and things like that. He needs to be playing off the shoulder of the last defender, don't he? Getting in behind, that's what he's good at. Um, and again, last season he was the one who was. Digging us out of points, weren't he? So, um, I just I like the four three three idea. I'd like to see you just mentioned Ricky J Jones. I'd like to see him on the wing against. I think it was Swansea. He was getting rave reviews. He was on the wing, and I think you were just mentioning that week on the podcast, Tim, about sticking him on the wing, and there he was. So, and he did. He, he was brilliant. So, I think in League One he could really tear that side up. Um, but I, I just want to see Clark Harrison and uh, Mary up front. But as I say in the Championship rarely get two up front but in league one I think we could afford to do that it's hard not to get excited isn't it when you talk about all the positives that we've we've just gone over there right through that squad it's hard not to to get carried away but there there will be weaknesses um if we ignore the the whole goalkeeping issue Sam and you and I like to maybe sort of like you said earlier buy ourselves some emotional wiggle room where do you think the weaknesses are if you're like if you're Cheltenham and you're looking at the posh squad for next week where are you thinking that's the chink in the armor at the moment it's hard because I don't think I don't think there is much of one um at the moment I mean obviously we talked about the goal goalkeeping area so maybe just just you know make sure you test them early on that that old adage just just pepper the goal but um you know I think I think it's Posh are going into the season in a good place. Um, and I think probably the chink in the arm would be not being too overconfident, you know, having kept the sea, the squad mostly from last season, added to it well in good areas, um, then, you know, it's it, it's staying grounded. And I'm sure Grant McCann will do that. I'm sure Cliff Byrne will do that as, as well. Um, so, so yeah, I, in all honesty, I know it's not a, a very sexy answer, but I, I think... I think you know if Posh do everything right, they've they've got all the makings there of being a really good, strong, solid squad in in League One that will that will do well with relatively few setbacks. Oh, this is exciting! I'm buzzing for this to get going. Um, Nathan, any interest in the cups? Obviously, back into the um, PizzaHut.com uh, trophy <laughs> for this one or whatever it is this year. Um, any interest in any of the cups at all? Yeah, I mean, I think it's never a bad thing to have a good cup run. Um, especially FA Cup, I think you know we saw how you know the, the City game sort of I think boosted the players, especially for the last half of the season. I think you know they, they knew that that game was coming, so I think performances started to improve under Grant, and then obviously after that, I think we really did improve, regardless of what Kisby thinks. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'd like to see us maybe kind of rest some players in in the um, in the uh, what is it Checker Trade Trophy whatever they've, they've started calling that. Um, I think, yeah, that, that would be a game for the youth products and, and maybe squad players um, and obviously still play, you know, a handful of, of first-team players and just see how we go. Um, I know, obviously, you know, we're always keen to do well in, in the Cups and I completely agree that we should do um, and, and take them seriously. But I think this season is is another case of, of just trying to get up by hook or by crook. 
Um, and if that comes at the expense of, of a cup, I suppose, you know, that's that's just the way it's going to have to be. Yeah, I think most push fans would probably follow that. And we're all keen on a, on a cup run, aren't we? But promotion has to be the goal again this season. Put this out to the listeners. So we asked on Twitter, it's that time again. We're back in the virtual studio this Sunday, of which we are. Uh, where will P3 United finish? So the options that we put out were first, second, playoffs or outside the playoffs. 21% of those who voted think we are going to win the league, which is actually lower than I expected based on the feeling uh, on Twitter over the last couple of weeks. 22% thought we would finish second. 46% think we will finish in the playoffs. And 11% are Cambridge and Wickham fans who think we're going to finish outside the playoffs. Um, so playoffs seems to be the the sort of nearly half the votes there um, in terms of where they think, we'll, where the fan base thinks we'll, we'll, we'll finish. But I can't help but feel with what we've just said there with the excitement and the squad that even though I'm predicting it as well, that the, the the playoffs, Nathan, would be a bit disappointing. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think just by the fact that we've kept, you know, ninety percent of that squad um, that's in the championship, um, coupled with the fact that we've added some really, really good players, and and ultimately that that should really be enough. Um, but again, we're we're in a league with with some very, very good sides, some some big, big clubs as well, um, and it, it is going to be a difficult season. But I think. You know, ultimately, quality should really win out, and and we should be in top seven minimum, um, in the playoffs minimum. Um, and if we can get in the top two, that would be fantastic. If we could win the league, I think you know we'd all go, you know, dance around our streets topless. To be honest, <laughs> you know, I think we'd be absolutely delighted if, if that came true. But but yeah, ultimately, <clears throat> automatic promotion is it's got to be be what we're aiming for um, and anything less you know I, I agree with you I think probably will be a disappointment judging by the quality of the squad that we've got and the, the players that we brought in never mind topless in our wife runs with a pot noodle I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess more, more sign-ups to me only fans just going back actually that that Lincoln game and I was I invited Kisby around because he's too tight to to pay for the eye follow and uh, he said was it a Lincoln game what was the yeah when was 3-0 yeah, it's Lincoln, weren't it? Yeah, uh, he said, if we get back to three old, I will strip, which I didn't want to happen, to be honest, <laughs> and, and run down the street. And he's he still ain't done that. The neighbours are delighted, by the way. Did he did he say which street? Because can we make it London Road for the opening <laughs> game of the season? <laughs> you imagine. <laughs> okay, I've got here on this uh, from the producer. We need to talk about the kit. So it seems only relevant that we would go to the. Uh, the, the one member of the team that can't fit in normal clothes and has to wear um, fitted king-size bedsheets. Sam uh, Edwards. Jared, do you like the kit uh, this year? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's all right. I'm, um, yeah, like I say, I can't fit in Puma, so it doesn't matter to me, does it? Cracking punditry uh, there, Jared. Thanks. Yeah, it's all right. I like it. There's another inspirational quote. For, I will be uh, buying Michelin one, put it that way. Interestingly, though, Sam, it was a unusual... Well, if we if we ignore the kit that got leaked uh, a couple of weeks prior and focus on the home kit, um, uh, a slightly different um, unveiling. And, of course, it was uh, slightly different from a few years back when I believe it was yourself that was involved in the unveiling of, uh, a few years back with Dara. Um, yeah. This year was a slightly more creative take on that. Yeah, I think in fairness to Posh, they 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 did they didn't want me back after everyone was frightened. <laughs> everyone was frightened by my lockdown barnet, which just... I think grew outwards as much as it did upwards as well. It was, yeah, I, I think people are still recovering from that. Um, yeah, f f full credit to, to to Posh. You know, we talk about 
obviously, and, and have done on this on this pod about the team and, and what's going to happen on the pitch. But, you know, I think it's all about movement and progress off the pitch as well. And I think I agree with Jared. I, I like the kit. I think it, I think it's a, a, a good home kit. It's, it's not my favourite, but it's not my least favourite, although kits always grow on me anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think the way they did the unveiling was clever. They've got really good coverage from it. And it's just great to see... You know, posh being innovative and and forward thinking, and it's not just as we say off the pitch. It's getting their name out there in other ways as well. So full credit to to everyone that was involved. Yeah, it's Johnson a good, Clark, it's a... Johnson Clark Harris, and his and his dog was a particular highlight. Yeah, it was it. Funny enough, so jumping back to the one that that you were involved in, that's probably my favourite kit of the most recent past. So that will always be associated with with yourself, I think. Oh well, that's that's exceptionally generous of you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'm kind of inclined to agree with you in terms of the home kit is meh, but I'm. I'm. You know, the the um the second and third kit are, are okay. Like you said, they grow on you, don't they? Nathan, your your thoughts on the the free strips? Yeah, they they look really really nice. Um, Puma have have done good kits to be honest from from the two or three times we've had them. Um, but you know that video was just yeah, it's touch of class really. It's it's. It's not the kind of sort of media that you kind of see from League One clubs, but it was just it was really, really great to see. And obviously, you know, you know, dropping Barry in there, dropping JCH with his dog, you know, I think including fans, you know, just everyday fans was, was great. And, you know, the video works and, and I know, you know, a lot of magazines and, and other publications sort of shared that that video. So it's it's, you know, kudos to, to the team that put it together. It's it's a great piece of work. Um and you know, the kits are, are really, really nice and I think it, it kind of shines through in, in the video as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. One other talking point going into this new season is, um, um, it's a shame really that Kisby's had to run, is the installation of the safe standing terracing at, <laughs> yes it is, the safe standing t- uh, terracing at uh, London Road. The reason it's a shame Kisby's gone is he's actually been down there today to find his seat um, because he is the sort of person that will sit down. Jared, obviously you have... Um, a fleeting interest in crowd safety uh do you a think that the seating will be used at london road and b what's your take on it in terms of affecting the atmosphere and the 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 terrace feel at the club yeah it's a shame to lose the terrace i mean when we lost moy's end the way i think it was voted that the you know the best away day away fans loved it um and i think it's that People like a bit of nostalgia, don't a bit a bit of retro feel when it comes to football football league grounds. And yeah, we've lost that in that sense. But will people sit down? No, is my opinion. I think it will be you've got the barriers to stand. I think it'll be used very much as a terrorist. I think it's a box ticking exercise what the club's got to do to keep it open, isn't it? So um it looks all right though. It looks better, doesn't it? I know it's a terrace is what you like, but on the eye, for a graphic it looks better anyway. I think Joe Dent will be happy, put it that way. Yeah, it gives Joe a much better backdrop, doesn't it? Um, Okay, now I know this is season preview. I do just very quickly want to touch on uh, Cheltenham away next week and and moreover, just how League One's looking in general. So here's your fixtures for next week. Plymouth start at home to Barnsley. Bristol Rovers at home to Forest Green. Lincoln take on Exeter. Accrington against Charlton. Port Vale against Fleetwood. Cambridge against MK Dons. Interesting. Morecambe Shrewsbury, Wickham Burton. Big one, Sheffield Wednesday at home to Portsmouth, Derby County at home to Oxford, and then Ipswich against Bolton. So some of those that we put in the pot of being front runners are all potentially playing each other in that first week. But then, like we said, there's so many in this league that they're all big teams, really. You do have to look at Cheltenham away, though, as as much as a, an away win, an away game is never a must-win, Sam, and certainly not first game of the season, you do look at Cheltenham away as a 
you're disappointed with anything but that, realistically. Yeah, well, we lost to Cheltenham, didn't we, opening day of the season a couple of years ago in the in the League Cup. Um, that was the season we went on and got promoted, wasn't it, I think? Um, so, yeah, uh, got got to be winning that, really. Um, I think, you know, it's favourable, you would think, couple of fixtures to start off as well with, with, with Morecambe at home um, then as well. So the ingredients are there for Posh to get off to a, to a good start this year. For sure. And then just thinking about the fixtures you just said there, do you, do you know, I, f- I fancy Oxford to win at Derby. I really do think Oxford are going to beat Derby opening game of the season. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, just hearing the fixtures read out then, it's it's all back, isn't it? It's it's all coming soon. And, um, yeah, can't wait to see those scores ticking in come Saturday. But, yeah, think think Posh going to going to kick off with a win. Need to kick off with a win, really. Um, two wins, really, from those first two games. Ideally, yeah, absolutely. You um, you echo in that, Jared? Yeah, definitely. Um, I never, I'm never too confident first game of the season with with Posh because I don't, know, I don't know a record on that. But yeah, I always go in thinking we'll probably slip up. But no, I think it's it's a decent fixture to start off with. And like I say, we've got a good couple of home games after. So no, I'm I'm predicting a win on that one. And uh, Nathan, your thoughts on Cheltenham and Morecambe? Um, I think they're, they're games that we, we should really be winning, um, again, with, with the quality of, of um, team that we've got. I think, especially being relegated, I think winning the first game is just a bit of a nerve settler um, more than anything. And I think, you know, getting off to a good start is never a bad thing. Um, so I think, you know, again, kind of win at all costs on the first day. Um, you know, as long as we go injury free, you know, it would be great if, if the front three all, all nick a goal and, and we keep a clean sheet. But you know, ultimately, I think a win is just the most important thing, and, and we'll just see where we're at. You know, after those two games, but you know, as we've said before, you know, you don't win anything in the first ten games. Um, you know, the season's not won or lost. Um, so as long as you know we're consistent, don't drop too many points. I think that's that's best case scenario. Score prediction: Cheltenham, Nathan. Um, I'm going to go two nil. Sam, uh, let's go three nil. Jared, two nil. Posh. I'm assuming you're all going posh wins yes. there. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be awkward, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm with you, Jared. It's hard not to. It's hard to go into an opening game and think, yeah, we've got that in the bag. Uh, but if we want to make moves, you can't look back at the end of the season having lost away at Cheltenham, even if it is the opening game of the season. So, um, for the first time in possibly a year, I'm going to predict a posh away win here. I don't think I've done that in a long time. Three-one. Um, I think we'll concede, but we'll we'll do okay. It's the performance, isn't it? I know it's cliche. It's performance in those first couple of games more than anything. However, go on, Jared. I was just going to quote Matt Kisby and say we'd want to win the game rather than lose the game. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, we take a draw rather than lose because you know who wouldn't? Um, now I've not cleared this with uh, producer Danny, but I'm going to do it anyway. With it being an away game, it's the return of Tim's away ground guide. Cue cheesy music, and let me load up. So we're not in the championship anymore, Toto. From huge grounds last season to the 7,000-seater Wadden Road, Cheltenham. For the first away game of the campaign, posh fans are located in the newest stand within the ground, sitting behind one of the goals. It's a steep stand from what I can remember. However, a fantastic view of the pitch. Being the newest stand in the ground, it does have other advantages. The facilities are pretty good and there's plenty of legroom too. And of course, it's surrounded by the Cotswolds Hills. So it's certainly one of the nicer away days. 
albeit rather underwhelming compared to the trips we enjoyed last season. If you're driving to this one, you'll want Junction 10 of the M5 before taking the A4019. Parking's at a premium around the ground, and being opening day, I would expect demand will probably be higher than normal. You can try and pre-book with the club itself, either on the phone or on the phone or via their website. Don't leave it to chance, though, if you're going for this option. It does pay to prepare. The Parkland Social Club opposite the ground does take cars too. Um, I can't find an updated price. This is where I parked last time. I think it was about Fiverr, but it was a good few years back. Um, there was loads of room there, though, so it's probably worth trying that. That was the Parkland Social Club. If you're going on the rail, um, one warning here. The station's over two miles away from the ground. Now you've got three options. You can walk. That's my preferred option. You can take a taxi. That's Jared's preferred option because he's lazy. Or you can take the bus. That's Kiz preferred option because he likes sniffing the seats if you do um, do the bus from the station you'll want service bus d which runs roughly every 10 minutes after all that walking taxiing or seat sniffing you'll be wanting a drink right there's a bar in the stadium that allows away away supporters do expect to pay admission though um, or you can try the kemble brewery inn on fairview street and fun fact the kemble is listed in the camera good beer guide and apparently serves up to six real ales other options around the ground are the Sudley Arms or the Conservatory on Priestbury Road. They'll both take away fans. Um, and the social club that I mentioned that offered parking, they also take away fans for drinks. Inside the ground, it's the usual range of hot dogs, burgers. There's, there's nothing special particularly at Cheltenham. Capacity at just over 7,000, so expect it to be busy and hopefully quite loud. Um, the limited number of poshies travelling, you've got a real chance to make some noise here. It's got a... Uh, we are talking about terracing just then. This ground has a feel of an old terrace type ground so in my opinion at least provides plenty of chances for a decent atmosphere if you are lucky enough to have got tickets enjoy be safe and be loud happy days well done Tim oh, I like that little feature yeah it's I never get any feedback but tough shit I'm keeping it in so so last season was our most successful to date on the pod we need to build on that which is why we've brought in the experts in Nathan and Sam so no pressure fellas but it's all on you if it tanks it will be your fault essentially going forward so that was that's, that's was. fine happy to take that one yeah we'll leave at the stuff. end of the season yeah <laughs> with the viewing figures through the floor no you both seem pretty switched on and unlike kisby you know when to stop making a point so that um that also puts you in good stead as well so um no, we do really appreciate you getting um getting in touch and joining the team and also this evening during recording i've just been told with some breaking news that dan the top not weldon will be rejoining us for this season as well which gives us a host pool of six to pick from so plenty of um, varied opinions, loads of different personalities and Kisby as well. So we get a care in the community grant for that, which is always appreciated. Next standard episode for us will be in two weeks. We will see you then. Don't forget to like, subscribe, all that usual stuff that the kids say when they're on social media. Do be doing that. Good luck for those of you that are travelling to Cheltenham. Enjoy and up the posh. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.